you for listening to The Wonder Podcast. I'm Joe Vacanti. It's our desire that you would take this message and that you would choose to live the life God always imagined for you. I can't think of a topic more exciting to talk about with people than heaven. Because so many people don't even think they're worthy of it. Or maybe they don't even know how you get there. But we all have this idea of like, yeah, there's what happens after life, life after life. I can't think of a greater subject for every one of us to have on our lips and ready to share with people we work with, our family members, people we go to school with. And I'm excited to talk about heaven today. But before we do, you have to start with Jesus. And last week we said, do you believe that Jesus is trustworthy? This, this season is called creeds and convictions. And the word creed just means a belief. You have to start with Jesus, otherwise everything just crumbles. But if you get Jesus right, that's a great starting point. So I'm going to assume today that we all believe the same thing about Jesus. And that is that Jesus is trustworthy. He is a person who is trustworthy. And if he's trustworthy, then whatever he says can be trusted. Because there's going to be some people today or listening that might struggle with what he says about heaven. So I want to read to you Luke 23. This is an account of Jesus hanging on the cross. And next to him are are two criminals. And it says, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, if you have the mindset of a religious person, you might struggle with this because we all know as religious people that how you get to heaven is that your good has to outweigh your bad. That's the hope. 51% to 49%. And if you get there, you get in. And you always just hope. But with this guy on the cross, it's clear that his bad was outweighing his good. Because he's hanging there. He's a criminal. And yet Jesus says to him, today you will be with me in paradise. If you're a religious person, you're going to struggle with this. And say, how is this possible? Or maybe you are a, uh, of the mindset of a Pharisee. Pharisees were people who studied doctrine. They studied the scriptures. If you're like of the mindset of a Pharisee, you might struggle with this too. Because you're like, this can't be fair. How is this fair? 
I have been like studying the scriptures my whole life. I have been following the way of God. I, I have been sacrificing. I've kept my way pure, or like I tried to most of the time. I, I've, given, I've given to the temple. I've given to the church. How is this fair that this criminal at the last moment gets to go to heaven? And yet Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. And then we got the skeptics. Maybe you're skeptical in your mind. I'm, I'm skeptical at times of certain things. Maybe you're skeptical and you're like, yeah, but how do we know he meant it? You know, this is, how do we know this? He, this is one of those, haha, like deathbed conversions. Like, how do we know he really meant it? Because, you know, he, I just think he's trying to get out of going to another place that Jesus talked about, hell. He talked about hell and heaven and the scriptures. When you read it, if that's your mindset, you're like, how do we know for sure? You're skeptical. And yet Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Can you, for a moment with me, imagine this person's first moments in heaven? We have no records of it. But can you imagine this guy's first moments in heaven? The angels are there. The people, hey, we got another hero coming in. Hero of the faith. Sound of the... The criminal's like this. Uh... You know, a few minutes ago, I was uh, naked on a cross, and uh, now I'm here. Tell us of your life of faith. He's up there like, uh, well, I was in Hebrew school in eighth grade, but I called them sick a lot, actually. I didn't, in fact, I got nothing. I mean, I was actually committing some crimes, and I was on my way to commit another one. I just, I just got caught. And then I found myself on a cross. Wow, are you here? Wow, is this possible? The Jesus guy said I could come. But no, 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 no. How are you here in heaven? Jesus. Just Jesus. I didn't earn it. I did nothing. It's only by his grace. And that is why when we read Paul's word in Ephesians, when it comes to creeds, you need to build a mental structure around something, build it around this verse. It says, for is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. That guy was standing there saying, I'm a pardoned criminal. That's my legacy. That's what I did. I am here because I am a pardoned criminal. Now, this verse really intrigues me, this story. Because I kind of like, well, what did Jesus actually see in this guy? Like, I'm kind of curious. It said in verse 41, he said, We are punished justly 
for we are getting what our deeds deserve. He had ownership of his choices. I mean, here's a guy hanging up here and saying, I'm guilty. Like, I own it. We deserve what we're getting. We're criminals. We've chosen less than love. We've chosen wrong. You know what he doesn't say on there? You don't see him having any excuses. Well, you see, Jesus, it wasn't, I'm up here because I was, the taxes were too high, and I was trying to skim a little over here and there, and they caught me, and you don't see any excuses from this man. He, he just owns his choices. You don't see him blaming anybody. Jesus, I, if, my, if you only knew the home I grew up in and the parents I had, Jesus, I was born on the wrong side of the Jerusalem tracks. Or Jesus, if you only knew, I, I didn't have the same opportunities as your disciples had. You don't see blame. You don't see excuses. You just see a man who has ownership of his choices. He says, I'm guilty. And then the other guy. You know, there's two people hanging on a cross. The other criminal, I mean, he's, he's facing death. And it says that... Um, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. I mean, you're about to die. You're moments away. And he's still being who he was, hurling insults. He hadn't changed one bit. In fact, he got worse. I mean, he doesn't get any worse than you're in your last moments. I mean, at least he could have been singing a song, telling his wife he loved him or something. You know, freedom, making this cool speech like Braveheart. He's hurling insults at somebody in his last moments, in his last breaths. That's what we see with one criminal. But with the other, we actually see a change of heart. We don't know what he was guilty of, but we see a change of heart. And he looks over and says, don't you fear God? This man has done nothing wrong. That criminal was starting to change as he realized this is it. And then he believes in who Jesus was, which this to me is also very confusing. Like he believes in Jesus. And I'm thinking, well, how did he know? I mean, it sounds like he's a criminal. How did he even know? I mean, he wasn't, was he one of the, was he someone walking with Jesus for three years? We don't know a lot about this person, but what we do know is in the verses prior to this passage, the people are saying, hey, I thought you're the Messiah. You know, if you're him, save yourself and save us. So maybe he was listening. Maybe when he was in prison, getting ready to get executed, he's like, well, who's, who else is getting executed? And you know, that Jesus guy. Well, who is he? What did he do? What's he in for? He thinks he's the Messiah, the chosen one, the one who's going to save his people from their sins. I don't know where it happened, but at some point, we know that he believed Jesus was who he said he was. Because he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So we know he believed two things. He believed that Jesus had a kingdom. He wasn't just some guy. Because otherwise you'd be like, hey, dude, sorry you got up here with us. I know you're an innocent man. You know, stinks to be you. But here we are. He's like, 
You have a kingdom. And he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom, which means he believed this wasn't the end for Jesus. Like he knew this isn't the end. Hey, when you go into your kingdom, because you're, you're going to live on after this. Remember me. He had a faith in Jesus. But you know what we don't see on the cross? There's a couple of things we don't see with this criminal. If you're a religious person, you know what I know as religious people. He got the prayer wrong. He didn't say it right. See, the thief said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He didn't say, I am a sinner saved by grace. Um, and Jesus, you die on the cross for my sins. And I'm, He didn't say it right. And yet he got in. He said it wrong. And yet he got in. Maybe that tells us that God is looking into the heart. God sees beyond the words we say. If you ever post anything spiritual on social media in your life, religious people will pick you apart. You didn't say it right. You know, you didn't talk about this and this. It's like I was writing five words, not like the whole Bible on here, but they like to pick apart. Well, you didn't say this and you didn't say that. Do, do you, me a favor, save your time, save your life, ignore them. Because God looks into the heart. Now, if you're of the Pharisee mindset, you know, you love studying the doctrine, you love teaching. Then there's something else you notice on the cross. His doctrine wasn't complete. He didn't have a complete doctrine, and yet he gets in. How is this possible? When Jesus was on the cross, he says, hey, explain the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And the guy's got a few moments. It's like, ah, it's like water and wind. And, and Jesus is looking at him. Well, you said, remember me, and I will. I will remember you as the guy who got it so wrong. And while you are separated from me for eternity, because you didn't get the doctrine of the Trinity right. He still got in. He didn't have it all figured out. How about free will or predestination? Did he have it figured out? We can't even say the word Calvinism or Arminianism because those guys weren't born yet. But did he get it right? Did he have it all figured out? Clearly not. And yet, he got in. How about the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer? Did he have it all figured out? This one messes with you. The Holy Spirit hadn't even come yet. He comes 50 days later at Pentecost. The guy doesn't even have the Holy Spirit in him. But he gets in. Ah. The age of the earth quiz. Jesus is up there. Come on. Answer the questions. How old is the earth? Is seven days literal? Seven days, 7,000 days a year? Tell, answer the question. A, B, <laughs> C. He didn't figure it out. Yet he got in. How about his life of crime? We don't know what he did. But maybe he, you know, he had addictive personality and he was, who knows, stealing or whatever. Did he have it all figured out? 
When, when he made that decision to Jesus recognize, you know what, this guy, he's never going to make a mistake again. That's it. He's in. Now, every one of us who's ever placed our faith in Christ know that's not true because we who are following him as best as we can all make choices at times that are unloving and destructive. So we know he didn't have that part figured out, but he gets in. Did he have his parenting skills figured out? How is this guy as a father? Did he figure out parenting? Raise his kids perfectly? Well, we don't, once again, we don't know if he had kids. There's no thing that says about his kids. But here's what we can figure out. If he did have kids, he's a bad example. I mean, the guy's a criminal. He's hanging out across. Hey, kids, you know, do what I say and not what I do. This is where he's at. And at worst, now he's, now he's an absent father because, you know, he's, he got caught. He's, he's going to die. So we know he didn't get his parenting skills perfect. And yet, he's in. You think he had all the ethical issues of the day figured out? Think he had all his apologetics memorized? And he's in. You know, he didn't even have time to make it right. Like, he was a criminal. We don't know what he did. But if he stole from someone, he didn't have time to say, listen, I stole from And yet, he gets in. What about baptism? I mean, unless it rained while it was like he was hanging on the cross. We know there was some earthquakes and stuff. Maybe that counted. But he didn't get properly baptized. We have no idea about his baby dedication. And he gets in. It's like, what did the guy actually have figured out? He knew he was guilty. He had a changed heart, and he made a profession of faith, and Jesus knew he was. Now, Jesus doesn't just save us for eternity. You know, salvation is for today as well. And we all have things we're working through. But when you think about most of life's destructive choices that we make, this, this same thing we see with this criminal will help us today find salvation on this earth. You know, whatever those things are, the first thing, right? You got to own your stuff. You're never going to move forward if you don't own it. If you just have excuses, if you just blame everybody. At some point, you got to just own it. I ate all the cookies, okay? And then there's this question that I want to give you today. This question's for you, but it's also to help you when you try to help other people. Do you want to change? Because I'm going to tell you from, from firsthand experience helping the, the poorest of the poor in, in the world and just helping people, if people don't want to change, you're wasting your time. If people don't want to change, you're wasting your money. We have to want to change. Lastly, it's giving your life to Jesus. Walking in his ways. When you give your life to Christ, Man, you begin to experience paradise on this earth. You begin to live and experience things you never thought you could. And although we still live on this earth, it's still tough. But we get a glimpse of paradise here. Jesus will never let you down. Now, I thought what the criminal said on the cross was very odd. Because I'm reading this. He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I'm thinking, why did he say, 
Jesus, take me with you. Why does he remember me? I mean, if I'm on the Titanic and it's sinking and someone's got a helicopter and a thing, I'm saying, hey, take me with you. Not like, hey, as you're climbing up, just remember me. Fly away because I'm just going to go down with the ship. It's going to be great. I'm thinking like, take me too with you. I thought, why did he say that? See, I'm convinced. I don't think he thought he was worthy to go. He was a criminal. He didn't think he was worthy to go. And the truth is, none of us are worthy to go. None of us are worthy of God's presence for eternity. But that's why the other thing he said gave us, gives us hope today. Because when he said on the cross, hey, we are punished justly. But this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus was an innocent man who was condemned. And that's why God sees us worthy of eternity and life with him. Because Jesus, who was innocent, was condemned and he took our place. See, heaven and earth are both filled with pardoned criminals. We're freed thieves. We get to live life with God here and there forever. And maybe you've never felt that you were worthy of heaven. Today, I want to encourage you because an innocent man, Jesus, was condemned. You are. So I want to give everyone listening today an opportunity. You know, as we give an invitation for someone to to make a decision of faith, you know, we don't have the magical formula either. But we've used this phrase for years. Jesus, I give you my life. And the reason why we use that phrase is, well, that's, that's what we do. I mean, when you own your decisions, you, you say, ah, you know, I own that I, I do things that aren't right. And I, I'm leaving these things. I'm changing. I'm making some changes. And Jesus, I'm going to give you my life. And that's not like a one-time decision. It's an everyday, every moment decision. We are ongoing giving Jesus our life. That is why when we stumble or fall, we get back up and say, right now, again, Jesus, I've given you my life. So if you've never felt that you were worthy of heaven, none of us are. And just like that thief, we stand there and say, it's because of Jesus. I couldn't earn this. Only because of him. So I'm going to have you bow your heads. If you're watching online, listening, or or here, there is no greater life than a life following Jesus. And I know you're not going to have it all figured out. But you need to have this one thing figured out. Realizing we're guilty. Jesus was the innocent man condemned in our place. Because of what Jesus did, God sees us as worthy. God wants a relationship with us, not waiting to heaven right here, right now on earth. If today you've never crossed that line of faith, if you've never placed your trust in Jesus, if you've never had a change of heart or direction, make this day that day. And just say this prayer to him, Jesus, I give you my life. I don't have it all figured out, 
but I got this figured out. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I want to change. I know I got a long way to go, but right now and forever, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. I trust you, Jesus. In the days I won't feel like I'm worthy of heaven, I'm not going to trust my feelings. I'm going to trust you because you're trustworthy. Jesus, I give you my life. Thanks to all who give to Wonder Church. Your sacrifice makes this podcast possible. Thanks for listening. Let this talk do only what Jesus can. And live your life in such a way that will make the world wonder. There must be more.